Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to our latest edition of Argyle Chat. After what seemed like an age, Argyle finally got their man last week when Ryan Lowe was appointed as the Pilgrims' new boss. Joining me to look back on the appointment and to a new era with Ryan at the helm are Chris Errington and Jack Ball. Hiya, chaps. Good afternoon. How's Jay? The wait is over. Yes, it was. Uh, took a while in coming, didn't it? But I knew the key to getting an appointment was us recording our podcast last Absolutely. week. Absolutely. We were holding, hanging fire and waiting and waiting and waiting for that appointment. It was, didn't seem like it was going to come, did it, last week? But no. we thought we'd do one anyway. So we thought we'd do it. and then But we said on the podcast, didn't we, Jack? Yeah, we did. We, you just knew that as soon as we started sort of going into, well, what's going to happen and what might happen, within a couple of hours, we, we'd sort of got word that it was actually happening. The power yeah. in our hands is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> the things we could do to this world. <laughs> Indeed. Um, well, we put a request out for questions, as we usually do, and uh, needless to say, we had a fantastic response. So, uh, Thank you, everyone. Yep, indeed. Thanks to everyone. Um, I think the most common question, Chris, was when is the press <laughs> conference going to be? When, when are the Argyle fans going to hear from their new boss? Uh, it's going to be on Tuesday morning, um, around about 10, 10 o'clock. Um, so that's when we're getting to see Ryan Lowe and the Argyle Chief Executive, uh, Andrew Parkinson. Uh, I don't believe that Simon Hallett will be there. He was at the EFL Summer Conference in Portugal last week with Andrew Parkinson and Zach Newton. But uh, the chairman's returned to the States, although I think he's back later in the month. So we're going to see Ryan Lowe and Andrew Parkinson. And obviously there's... Uh, an awful lot of questions to, to ask Argyle's new manager. Absolutely. Another one was how long are the contracts for, but I guess that's one for tomorrow, isn't it? Really? That's what, There's been no confirmation from Argyle yet, but that, on my long list of questions that I've already <laughs> drawn up, um, is one of the top ones. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. There hasn't been any uh, confirmation for that. You would suspect at least two years and maybe three years, but yeah. um, hopefully we'll find that out tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, Richard Sloman sent a question in asking, will Ryan and his family be moving down to the southwest? I guess that's also on your list of questions. And you'd imagine the length of contract will be to do with that, I guess. If he's uprooting his whole family, then it's going to be longer than two years, you'd imagine, wouldn't you? I mean, a lot of the talk in the appointment process was, well... Will Ryan Lowe be prepared to, to come down to Plymouth? Will he move his family down? Um, he had that brief period at Milton Keynes Dons, um, but only lasted about a year, and then he went back to the Northwest. So, very much um, a, a Northwest man, Liverpool born and bred. Um, so, it'll be interesting to hear from him how he envisages working for Argyle, and w- would it be just him that comes down? Would his family come down? If he's bringing his family down, I'm sure he would have a short sought some sort of assurances from Argyle that you know they're not going to replace him after four or six months or something like that. You wouldn't want to uproot your family unless you had some sort of assurances along those sort of lines. Um, so yeah, another question, Richard, that you know we'll obviously ask, and um, it'd be uh, interesting to hear the responses. Absolutely, happy Jack. Yeah, I think it's a very good appointment. We said in the podcast last week that um, you know once the appointment was announced, I think fans would forget how long it took to get there, and I think that's definitely the case. I was saying to Chris, the fact that Argyle paid compensation for a manager, 
um, they've gone, gone after their, their main target and secured it is, is a really good um, indication as to the direction Simon Hallett wants to take the club in. I know obviously it was a disaster. No one would argue the fact they got relegated last year. But this to me is the first step in, in sort of building something that makes fans want to return to Home Park. You know, there's always going to be a loyal base, but you still need some sort of product to make people want to turn up in their numbers. And hopefully when you, when you read about what Ryan Lowe did at Berry and the way and the style of football he played, that's definitely one that's sure to attract people and fingers crossed it works as well as it sounds like it will do on paper. Yeah, well, I mean, that was certainly the reaction that we seem to have got from the Green Army on, on social media was, you know, looking at what he did at Bury and the way that they played. I think Argyle fans are just really looking forward to that entertaining brand of football. Yeah, top scorers in League Two last season as they won promotion. The same next season would uh, do everyone uh, well, wouldn't it? From an Argyle persuasion, that's, you know... You want to see your team win games and score goals and in an ideal world and that's what uh, Ryan Lowe managed to achieve at Bury last season. I mean, just to echo the point that Jack's just made that you know, Argo have paid compensation. The the exact figure hasn't been confirmed officially, but it does seem to be £150,000. You know, when you think that, that Simon Hallett's paid the compensation for, for a manager, having then dispensed with the services of Derek Adams and Paul Watson, that's quite a sizable sum yeah. of money that's involved in replacing managers. Now, um, you know, I, I often worry that, that fans look at owners as just cash points, basically, and every time you've got a problem that you need solving, well, he should put his hand in his pocket and do this, and he should put his hand in the pocket and do that. Uh, Simon Hallett, I think, has more than proved his commitment to Argyle financially in terms of what he's put into the club. Mm. Uh, in terms of the grandstand project, which almost certainly would not have happened mm. if he hadn't have done so. Um, he's changed managers, he's brought a new manager in. Um, I would imagine that Ryan Lowe's probably got some assurances from Simon Hallett about finance that he might be able to use in the squad. So I think Argyle fans, you know, down the road have to accept that, you know, Simon Hallett has more than done his, his bit. He's up to 94% yeah. shares in the club. He bought out the remaining 30% of James Brent. So, you know, um, that's further commitment. So I was going to say, your piece you did with James Brent, I found very interesting mm. the fact that he said, you know, there were certain things that he couldn't take them any further mm. and the fact that Simon's dipped into his pocket a few yeah. times, and you're right, you mm. shouldn't expect that all the time, but the fact he's yeah. got the ability to do that if necessary, I it's, think. It's good, it's but, good. you know, you, you don't want to rely on that too much and just use your owner as a cash point and it, you, run the, you do run a risk then of, you know, financial problems down the line. But, um, yeah... It, it, I can't recall Argyle playing compensation for a manager before. It's um, in a very unusual situation, but he clearly was their number one target. They identified him as the number one target, and they've got him, so they they deserve credit for that. Absolutely, and, and credit for the patience as well, because I imagine you know we know how vocal Simon mm. Hallett is on Twitter. He yes. must have been itching yes. to put tweets out there to people, but for obvious reasons, he just couldn't do that. He, he must be glad the appointment process is over because he was getting bombarded on Twitter, yeah. wasn't he, with people uh, tagging him into posts and saying, "Well, what's happening and what's this that and what?" And you know, Simon Hallett will, I think, freely admit that he. He believes in transparency and he wants more transparency at the football club. But, you know, you in situations like this, you, you can't do it. No, and particularly exactly. with the situation surrounding Barry, that definitely complicated matters because they're in such a financial yeah. mess. I think that was one of the, well, I maybe mean, we touched on it in the podcast last week, didn't we? You know, it was one of the reasons why well, things were delayed, that, you know, financially it was a bit of a mess at Barry and was Ryan Lowe going to get all his money owed in wages and this, that and the other paid to him and... So it, it got messy, but we've moved past that point now. We've got a new manager. He's um, 
bringing in Steve Schumacher as his assistant yeah, manager. Yeah, well, I was just about to ask you about um, Steve which will be Schumacher. An which yeah. will be an interesting one. And, you know, could other staff follow? Uh, could Berry players follow? I think that's highly likely. Um, so the, the sort of the exodus from Berry to Argyle might continue. Uh, I mean, I know you, you did a good piece on Steve Schumacher in his career and... Um, you know, yeah, and see what what he brings to the table. Yeah, it, it's interesting in the sense that you know we've we've spoken before about whether Argo perhaps paid the price of having two people in Derek Adams and Paul Watton of similar characters. You know, you quite often need that good cop bad cop combination, mm. which tends to generally work well. Were they too similar? I'm, I don't know. You guys will probably know more than me. Um, with Ryan Lowe and Stephen Schumacher, I mean Schumacher is very much a winner. You know, you look at his career as a player, captain of England under 19s at a young age. Uh, he was captain, I think, at Crew, captain at Berry. So he's obviously a leader of sorts. Um, only recently got into coaching. Only went to Berry at the start of last season, I think it was, or, or when they were sort of struggling at the wrong end of League One and went down. So um, relatively new to coaching, but I certainly think there's that yin and yang, you know, partnership between the two of them. Yeah, two young, two young people in terms of management, aren't they? Ryan Lowe, forty; yeah. Stephen Schumacher, thirty-five. Um, obviously, someone he can. Ryan Lowe can trust as well because he's had him as his number two at Berry and is keen to bring him down here. So well, they they must get on well together because I think Ryan Lowe's a big Liverpool fan yeah. and Steve Schumacher's a, a big Evertonian. So um, if if a, a, an arch Liverpool fan and an arch Everton fan can work together, they must have a, a good working relationship, <laughs> mustn't they? Yeah, but, they um, certainly. Um, it'd be, be interesting to see what he what what he brings and what he what he does. Um, they, most managers find people that they're comfortable working with and, and that's clearly the case uh, in this example. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to some of the questions that we've got from uh, supporters then. Stephen Bryan, uh, Ryan Lowe brought in 11 new players at Berry. Will he need to bring in similar numbers to fit his style at Argyle? What areas will he consider key to bringing in new faces from the current crop? Jack? I think a lot of that depends on who signs new deals and who doesn't. We've already seen that Jan Songo announced that he was going to leave Argyle last week. Ryan Edwards has announced he's leaving. There's still futures of the likes of Graham Carey and Ruben Lemiris to be decided. I know Gary Sawyer has signed up. So a lot's going to depend, depend on that. Argyle got quite a decent number of players, haven't they? You know, We spoke about how the fact that last year was the first year I think that Argyle really started to hand out two-year deals to players in the, t- in the hopes of not having to have this, bringing in 11, 12 new players mm. every season. Um, so he'll have a lot to work with, but I definitely think there will be potential there to, to bring in players that he knows and to that fit his style. I think there's 12 players, with Gary Sawyer signing the, the contract that he was offered, I think there's 12 players under contract already, and then you've got a number of other players that have been offered new deals. Um, whether all of those will accept those or, or stay or not, I don't know. The Yan Songo one, wish him all the best. Yan was a great servant for Argyle. I, I do wonder, and I've no, I've got no inside information, but I just wonder... Would Jan Songo maybe have had a conversation with Ryan Lowe? And would Ryan Lowe said, look, the, the style of play I'm going to go with isn't really going to suit you. And I just wondered at the timing of Jan yeah. Songo's announcement, if, if there's been... What I'm suggesting is, have there been conversations behind the scenes already with players and saying, well, look, you know, I know you've been offered a new deal, but this is the way I'm going. I don't think you're, you'd figure in my plans if I'm going that way. And I think there might be one or two people that might uh, fall yeah. into that category. You'd so. think so, wouldn't you? Because if, if Jan turned around and agreed it just after Ryan Lowe, that's a potential wage budget gone. Yes. And if you're not yeah. going to play, you don't want to waste that. It's, so it's definitely added a new dynamic to that scenario. Um, it's like we said on the podcast last week, you know, although the, the whole process was so dragged out and, and yes. took a while to, to be concluded, mm. Mm. there's no doubt that there would have been conversations going on behind the scenes. And that's probably a, a conversation yeah. that did happen, you know. 
yeah. Ryan Lowe talking to the players that he does want or doesn't want at Argyle going forward. I, I think you know, it is likely that he's had a conversation with a number of players already. Uh, I think his appointment was all but confirmed quite a bit before it was actually announced, mm. but it was just tying up the loose ends. And I suspect that you know Ryan Lowe would have had conversations with a number of people and we'll, we'll see what, what happens uh, from there. But uh, yeah, so I think although he was only appointed last week, I think there's been a bit of a run-up to, to get, him, get him in position and it, things would have happened. And things will, I'm sure things will start to snowball soon enough. Oh, yeah. They always yeah, do, don't absolutely. they? I mean, they you know, I'm, I'm told that up to three Berry players will be following him, so that would be you know, one definitely to watch out for. Yeah. Another question on the list for the press conference, Jim. Yeah, well, it's yeah. another question for part two of our podcast. Oh, okay, well, Sorry, did Stevens. Uh, Beavis Robbins, will Ryan be able to have any say on those that have been offered new contracts that he doesn't want? Can offers be withdrawn? Well, I suppose the, the Jan, if, if, if we're right about Jan Songo and they've perhaps had conversations, then maybe that is an example of that, yeah. isn't it? Um, I think the way you do it is you speak to the players that you've offered contracts to and you say, look, you're not going to figure in my plans. I know mm. you've been offered a new deal, mm. um, but you haven't signed it yet and you're not going to be in my plans. And if you say that, then it's up to the player yeah. uh, whether they want to accept that or not in those circumstances. So... You know, Ryan Edwards is, is not staying, uh, Jan Songo is not staying. I, I do think there'll be, you know, one or two. Ruben Ramirez, I'd be very surprised if he stayed. You know, so there could be a number of players that might decide that they're, either decide that they don't want to take the offers up or that the manager's made it clear that you're not going to be in my plans and the player thinks, well, I don't really want to be here then if I'm, if I'm not going to be playing. And we can rule out the fact that you never know some of these players that are under contract, like Tafari Moore, uh, Callum Dyson, anyone could go. There's still mm, yeah. potential that. Even Fred Ladapo is on, a, on yeah. another year, but he might be bought up. You know, yeah. th- there are all sorts of contracts that could be ended with these two-year players. You just don't know, do you? There's going to be conversations still to be had, I'm sure, and yeah. some might leave that you know, are under contract. Uh, if... If Ryan Lowe's going to play the attacking style of football he did at Berry, then he is going to need to make a few changes to the Argyle squad. He might not be able to do it immediately, um, but if he wants to put his own mark and get his own style, he, he's going to have to change it a bit. Although, you know, Argyle are a League Two club next season. They're not going to have potfuls yeah. of money to be able to say, well, we're going to get rid of all these players here. And people say get rid of players, but if you get rid of players, you have to pay them to get rid of them. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not always as easy to make wholesale changes in one fell swoop. It might take, you know, a, a transfer window or two before you can... And also pre-season, because some of these players might not be good enough for League One, but they might be OK in League Two. You know, right. there's you know because if you look at left and right back, they've got two players for each position now, haven't they? It's Farry right. Moore and Joe Riley at right back, and you've got Ashley Smith-Brown and Gary Sorry at left back. Right. So, the, for example, you would think that yeah. those situations are, are safe, but pre-season's a, a big chance to have to determine who's going to be good enough and feature as well because he's going to have time with these players. But that would be interesting, you just talk about the full-backs, but it looked like Ryan Lowe played three cent- central defenders mm. for a lot of the time, so you, you, you're perhaps looking for wing-backs rather than full-backs. You know, it's, It'll be interesting. You know, there's, there's going to be an awful lot to, um, to digest in pre-season and look at how they line up and, you know, is he going to stick to the exact formation that he played at Berry, or is he going to look at the squad that he's inherited and think, well, can't quite play that the way I'd like to at the moment. Shall I just, you know, try and adapt it a little bit to fit the players I've got? It'll be interesting, you know, do you go with your style and you try and fit the players to that or do you try and adjust your style yeah. to the players yeah. you've got? So we'll, we'll find that out when pre-season they start playing games and, and what's going on. I guess as a manager you don't know that until you meet the bunch of players, do no, you? Really? It's, it's, Sometimes it's, it's dangerous to have say that this is the way I'm yeah, going to play. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to play this come what may. And if you haven't got the players to do it, then you're asking for trouble, aren't you? So sometimes you have to have that 
flexibility. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Are there any players that are out of contract? I mean, Graham Carey's one that springs to mind that you really don't want to see leave Argyle? Or even Amiris, I think, is, is, is right up there um, yeah. because they've created a lot. You know, Graham Carey's been a great servant for the club. I think he'd do a good job in League Two. And, and what I'd say is that, again, we, we don't know how Ryan Lowe's going to line up, but his record, if he does play in a similar style, I think that could be got potential to be too exciting for the likes of Graham Carey yeah. and Ruben Amiris if they somehow manage to keep them both. I don't think that's likely. You know, Chris, you're quite sure that you think Ruben Lemuris will go, aren't you? For obvious reasons, because he was a fantastic player. He's available yeah. on a free transfer. Yeah. It's, it's going to be almost absurd if he's not wanted by a number of other clubs. But I mean, I'm def- as a fan, I'm definitely excited and I can't wait for the pre-season to start. I, really, I can't wait to be at the first pre-season game. I'm really excited. Well, you kind of echo uh, Beavis' thoughts here because he added, he just wanted to, to say that he's not been this excited about a management appointment since Ian Holloway or even Peter Shilton, massive congratulations to Simon Hallett and the board. And I think that's kind of the general feeling amongst the Green Army right yeah, now. Yeah, and other people I've met out and about um, uh, are pleased and excited. And um, and that's good. And, you know, you're coming off a relegation, uh, but there's a bit of a feel-good factor come back again. Obviously, it's always going to depend on results and performances and things like that. But Argyle have gone out and got a young, ambitious, seems to be talented manager um, it's not just another run-of-the-mill appointment. So I think that's what's excited fans. That well, Argyle have gone out and they've had to work hard and pay some money and get somebody in to do the job. And if you're prepared to go that far to get a young, ambitious manager like Ryan though, then you've got to back him and you've got to give him a bit of time. And if he plays it, uh, you know, good attacking football, fans will always lack that up. And it's so rare that for Argyle to appoint someone that's not been sacked from somewhere else. You know, Ryan Lowe's a very short manual career, you know, we can't overlook that. But the fact is, is he's not been sacked for failing elsewhere. It's an exciting appointment. And I totally agree with Beavis that I can't remember the last time I was this excited just purely based on the appointment. You know, things build once you start hearing, but we've not even heard from Ryan Lowe properly yet. Yeah. But I have that excitement. And yeah, I can't, I can't wait to hear what Chris comes back with tomorrow. Well, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. Um, we mentioned it in part one, Chris. Um, you did a piece last week looking at potential Berry players that can mm. move to, to yep. Argyle. We believe that there's up to three that could be following Ryan Lowe down to the West Country. Um, who, who's your money on? Well, that, <laughs> Danny, <some> tips. <laughs> Danny, Danny Mayer looks a good, a good yeah. prospect to me. Uh, we've come across him, Argyle, when Argyle and Berry have played each other in recent years. It sounded as though his form dropped off a little bit um, in recent seasons, but last year he was back on song, perhaps because of this style of play that Ryan Lowe played. Um, he got into the PFA League Two Team of the Year. He's a good attacking wide player. If you're going to lose a Ruben Ramirez or a Graham Carey or both, uh, and I still think there's a chance Carey will stay, but you know, Danny Mayer would be a, a good a, play, a, a good replacement to come in absolutely proven at League 2 level successful scored plenty of goals last season uh, would fit the style of play would know the manager well so he on the face of it would be a really good um, acquisition uh, attacking football so Nicky Maynard went to Bury last season former Bristol City striker went to Bristol City for £2.25 million pounds, yeah. um, a few years ago he's 32 now but scored 21 league goals, one of the top scorers in League Two last season. Uh, you know, again, somebody that seemed to thrive from, from playing under Nicky Lowe. His career was sort of drifting away, being at Aberdeen, hadn't done a lot. And then he went to Bury, 
signed only at the end of September, I think it was, and still finished with 21 goals. So he got 21 goals in yeah, not a full season. Good game. Um, played at a higher level before. If you could get him in, he would give you a real potent goal threat. If he's um, a little bit too um, expensive or you know financially that's difficult. Um, Don Telford was a player that they signed to play up front last season. A lot of the time he, he was coming off the bench rather than starting games. A former Bristol Rovers loan signing. Um, so knows the West Country. Again, somebody that scored goals um, from limited appearances sure Ryan Lowe will want to bring in one or two attacking players that he knows that he can just slot straight into the style of play he wants so those players that, that intrigue me and there has been talk about um, defender left-sided defender Chris Stokes um, who a uh, very solid player left back left-sided centre-back um, somebody again that would um, would know exactly what uh, Ryan Lowe and Steve Schumacher are all about and what they want from players so those are the sort of names that are floating around um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if any all of those turn up but yeah if, if I think if Argyle could get a Danny Meyer or something like that I think that'd be a really good sign it'll be interesting to see just because of the wages scenario we know well, Barry were throwing money at their players yes. and that's the one thing Argyle might have trouble with and I almost wonder whether if there is still interest in Freddie Ladapo mm. and just say they needed a bit of finance to bring in the likes of Maynard if you yes. could sell Ladapo for 750000 then bring in Nicky Maynard on a free transfer and then maybe spend some of that money on yeah. some other players maybe that's the way to go I because... think that's a, that's a fair shout Jack you know you might have to do something like that but um, you know if you can get two or three in for one going out then you know that might be something you'd need to consider but you know Ryan Lowe might look at it and think well I want to play this really exciting brand of football in League 2 and there's a guy that scored 19 goals in League 1 last season you know it'd be might be really desperate to keep him in yeah. and implement him with what they've got. So. And the fact is, you know, like on the flip side, Nicky Maynard's not getting any younger. And no. if he can go to a, a place with a manager that he trusts when his career's mm. possibly coming towards the end, you know, yeah. that, that might work as well. So there's so many different variables, isn't there, in this sort of thing? Yeah. And then sort of even surprisingly, when it comes to player recruitment, the, the name of Jurgen Klopp has cropped up, yeah. which is not easy to say. Pause <laughs> just before I said it. But, I mean, that's an intriguing link, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, then, this, is the, this is the interesting thing for me because we've heard it quite often before where managers say oh I've got contacts with all the mm. big clubs mm. but we are on such a limb out here mm. it quite often boils down to the player do they want to sort yes. of up sticks and move as far away as and that's the West way, Country if you don't have a load of career. finances that is a way to go sometimes you know, I don't think possibly Derek Adams used a low market as well as he could have done last season I would maybe argue I, I think it depends who's out there obviously um, but you know, if he's been up and around the, the northwest and has and he's got experience of bringing these players in and making them better, then it could be a win-win mm. scenario. And sometimes some of these younger players need the experience of moving away and just getting away from the bubble. I can't remember who it was. Was it? I think it might be Luke Young that said he'd never really moved far away from Plymouth yeah. to go into Wrexham. I think it was was good for him in terms of his life skills as well. So mm. there there is something to be said about moving this far down oh, totally as well. So it's it's a it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? You know, you've got the players that want to go out that it would be good for the benefit of their careers and those that don't want to because they're happy in the bubble that they're in and, and again if you're, if you're coming if you're speaking to Ryan Lowe and he's saying look I want to play this attacking style of football it will suit you perfectly you could get your name out there in a round in League 2 and then maybe you can go to a club that's a bit closer to home that's an attractive sell in, in, my, in my eyes mm, yeah I mean they're not going to be household names from Liverpool because no. Argyle <laughs> are in League 2 yeah. it's going to be young 18, 19 year old lads you'd imagine that are probably going out on loan for the first time and, and if they're coming to a club managed by a Liverpudlian, um, you know, whose style of play has been compared, I mean, I don't know, this is putting pressure on Ryan Lowe, isn't it, when you're comparing his style of football to Jurgen Klopp's, but, you know, 
it's a it's a good selling point, isn't it? Definitely. There's, there's a good. You could come to a club that looks as though it's ambitious, looks as though it wants to do well next season, and yeah. So it, it's it's going to be fascinating to see what players come in because it, it feels like a, a really you know new era, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it feels like things are going to change quite considerably when it comes to the players. Also, I don't think I'm being biased. Please do tell me if you think I am. But also, Plymouth Argyle, I think will go back to being one of the big clubs in the league again. You know, them and Bradford, I think with the attendances as well I, I think there's potential you're the big boys in the league all of a sudden rather than in league one Argyle are one of the, uh, the smaller teams you, you would say yeah but we were talking earlier on weren't we there's no sort of real big games in league two no, or no big clubs well the only big game I can, we, we spoke about is the Devon Derby in yeah. terms of getting a big yeah. crowd obviously league position and the style of football will all be dependent but in terms of just based on the fixture apart from yeah. Swindon maybe but you know there's, there's not an obvious big no. game is there although you know you look at some of the clubs I mean Northampton Town are going for it on the signings front so you know, yeah they signed a fair few they signed a fair few already, already so, I think so we, can, we can keep an eye on who we think might be in the running uh, for another podcast can we well another question from Stephen was um, what contacts does Ryan Lowe have to bolster the Argyle squad we've spoken about the Liverpool one there I guess Schumacher will have contacts at Everton mm-hmm. wouldn't he you know so um, yeah yeah and there's talk about Stephen Gerrard up at Rangers again yeah. the, the Liverpudley and Link sort of thing so I think they're in the same youth team together as well Lowe yeah. and Gerrard so. so we can ask about that and see yeah. so, so he's got contacts yeah and, you know he's been around football a long time a very successful striker um, scored lots of goals you know strong links with Barry, but you know if you've been in that northwest of England, you will have mixed with an awful lot of people. You know, you've got the Manchester clubs, the Liverpool clubs, all the other. Yeah. Um, so you'd imagine you'll have good contacts. And, and we'll, let's we'll let's not forget the head of recruitment as well. You know, he's he's been yeah. appointed, and they're going to have to get to. You mentioned mm. your five things yeah. that priorities for Rhino. They're going to have to get to know each other, and he's going to have his own contacts as well. So it's a good it's a good pool of uh, of yeah. knowledge to pull together. I think. Absolutely. Uh, how long do you think it will take? Ryan Lowe to mould Argyle into the attacking force that Berry were. Do Argyle fans need to be patient? I think they do need to be patient, but you know, Argyle have got used to slow starts over the last few years under Derek Adams. You know, it became it became a thing. But you've got to give a manager time. You can't, in my view, judge someone after just a few weeks. You know, it's it's going to be an important season, and there's no doubting that everyone connected to Argyle, and I'm sure that's from the board downwards, is going to want Argyle to be pushing at the top end of that League Two next year. But if it gets to October, November and then mid-table or, or, or mid to lower table, then you just need to give it a bit of time, I think. It's easy to say that, isn't it? Well, but it is. He's a young, ambitious manager that's going to try and play a certain style and you've got to give it time to adapt. Players, it's very rare does it click into place like that. And Chris kind of hit the nail on the head as well when he said, was it 12 players that are under contract for next season? Mm. You know, if he doesn't fancy many of those 12 players, mm. then he has to wait really to get them off the wage bill because yeah. it's going to be difficult to get rid of them otherwise. Everyone is going to want to see Argo promoted next season and there's no reason why they can't. But from day one, are they going to be able to play this exciting brand of football that we keep talking about? Probably not. I mean, it will take time. You can play friendlies and you know, we've done podcasts before about the, the relevance and importance of pre-season games, but it's bound to take time. You know, it isn't going to happen overnight. You can have five weeks of pre-season. That is not going to gel you into a team and understand exactly what the manager wants. So it will take time. It will take patience. But, you know, Argyle have made a big commitment to Ryan Lowe. So, um, you know, you would think that he's going to have a good amount of time to be able to really um, mould Argyle into the to the unit he mm. wants. It's almost like the Argyle board would accept, you know, sort of staying in League 2, really. But then the second season will be the... One where they really expect to see some... I think they'll want promotion next season. I'm sure they will, yeah. But it might not be 
from day one. It might have to, you know, get off to a steady start and then try and, you know, second half of the season have a real push and, and, and you know, get into it. You know, the, the January transfer window, maybe make one or two changes there as well, you know, and, you know, try and get yourselves uh, up and running. I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll definitely want promotion. Yeah, season. One no... of the reasons for appointing Ryan Lowe is that he won promotion last season with Berry. At so the first attempt. At the yeah. first attempt. But um, I think the, the, the question is, will from day one, they might not be what they're going to be at day 300 or something yeah. like that. So it might, there might be patience needed, yeah, definitely. So there's no doubt in my mind that anything other than a top seven finish would be a disappointing season. I, I well, don't think you can pay £150,000 rumoured well, for a manager to not want that. I think, well, you know, as well as the new grandstand where you want to be well, in League One, there's so many different aspects yeah. that I think anything other than going for promotion, it will be seen as a failure. Really. Yeah. And especially as it's, it sounds as though, you know, Ryan's been told that he's going to get a financial investment uh, and he'll, in the squad as well. And will know that that's the target. He's yeah. an ambitious manager. He's not come to stay in League no. Two, I'm sure of it. You know, no. he, he's just, he's left the club, all right, they're in financial turmoil, but in League One, to come to Argyle for £150,000 apparently, he's going to want that as well. So I don't think that's going to be any shock to him that they're going for promotion yeah, next true. year. Uh, Richard Vaughan is saying, Simon Hallett has shown ambition by firstly paying off Adams, secondly paying to get Ryan Lowe in and then becoming majority shareholder. Surely this means Argo will now go for it a bit more in the transfer market this year. Wouldn't make sense doing all the former and then not investing in the team. And I think they'll invest in the team. But again, I would, I would stress the point that um, surely it means we will go for it a bit more in the transfer market this year. And yes, I think they will. But, you know, he has, as Richard raises his in his question, made a, quite a lot of a commitment already in paying off Derek Adams, paying to get low in becoming majority shareholder. So there has to be... Yes, they, I think they will, they will have a, a go at it in the transfer market, but don't expect them to be spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on players because, you know, Simon Howlett's already contributed a lot. You've got to be sensible, wise, use his contacts, get some good loan signings in, get some shrewd signings, get some players in that he's worked with before that he can persuade to come in. Um, so, yeah... I, I, th- I think they're going to go for it. They, if they just wanted to be mid-table in League Two next season, they could have got any out-of-work manager, yeah. couldn't they? You didn't name anyone else. What you were going to but, name someone? In no, particular. but you could. No, but you <laughs> yeah. could have got anyone yeah, and just to to trundle along and yeah. just have a steady season, and then maybe next season, you know, the season after, to try and have a go. But the appointment of Ryan Lowe and the way they've gone about it, and the compensation they've had to pay, and all the the hurdles that have gone, that is to me smacks of an appointment that we want to get promotion we want automatic promotion now whether they come out and say that quite as bluntly as that you know we'll see in press conferences to come but yeah there's no doubt in my mind that they want promotion next season I, and I still stick to the fact that you don't need to spend hundreds of thousands to get promotion from League no, 2 no, uh, no. you know maybe in League 1 maybe you're getting to the point where you do try to do that but in League 2 there's, there's seven places where you can battle for promotion um, you can, there's plenty of good free players out there. Look at what Derek Adams did at Argyle. You know, yeah. he didn't spend a fortune on. You know, he made a couple of shrewd signings in your, your carries and people like that, and um, put together a promotion-winning squad with you know, your Jimmy Spencers and Jordan Slews. And, and, no you disrespect. Know. You know, the, the team yeah. that John Sheridan got in the playoffs wasn't the best team in the world, was it? Yeah. I just think you can you can you can almost be mediocre and still have a chance of getting promoted from League Two. I really do believe that. I don't think you need to spend hundreds of thousands. And I think. That would be a very dangerous game Just if a few they did start doing that. Decent signings in the right yeah. areas. And if you can maybe up your wage a little bit to bring mm. in some players, I think that's where our goal would be more successful, is, is just trying to bridge Pay that the gap a little bit more. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying suddenly go out paying you know, eight grand a week to anyone, yeah. nowhere near that. But if you can just sort of 
put it there. I don't, I, I don't think fans should be disappointed if I aren't splashing out on transfer fees. That's my point. Yeah. Uh, one final thing then, guys. I think it would be um, remiss of us to not talk about James Brent on the podcast, given he left the home park ballroom last week. Um, the saviour of Argyle, really, isn't he, Chris? I mean, yes. you know, he came in, if it wasn't for James Brent, there would be no Argyle. Yeah, there'd be no Argyle chat podcast. Yeah. And what a shame that would be. <laughs> Parkway chat. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, James Brent has, has had his critics, but I think the majority of Argyle fans would acknowledge what, a, what an important job he did for Argyle. He was the saviour. There was no one else waiting in the wings um, to, to save Argyle. If he hadn't stepped in when he did, um, Argyle, I think, would have gone out of business. Um, he never said that he was going to spend vast sums of money on, on players and this, that and the other, but he's got the club into a, a financially stable position, although they're still not making money, or you know, but it, he's got them into a lot better position. Uh, he made some very good managerial appointments because at the time when John Sheridan was appointed, that was a bit of a surprise, but John Sheridan did a good job, kept them up, kept them in the league, and then sort of laid the foundations maybe for when Derek Adams came in. Again, Derek Adams was a, a bit of an un, unexpected appointment, um, but they brought him in. He turned out to be a, a good manager, certainly for three and a half years. Um, so I think the appointments have been good. And, and also he had the um, good sense, wisdom, um, to, to realise that Simon Hallett was, was the man that he could take Argyle forward. And, you know, some chairman might have let egos get in their way and, oh, I don't want this newcomer coming in and stealing my glory, stealing my thunder. But, um, you know, when I spoke to James last week, he made it quite clear that pretty much from day one when Simon Hallett came on board, the plan was to get to the stage where we're at now. But, you know, to take the time to see if Simon Hallett was the right fit for Argyle, if Simon Hallett felt that Argyle was the right club that he wanted... And so they've done it gently. You know, Simon Hallett went from 30% to 60% and now he's up to 94%. And so you've had this gradual transition of power. Um, and, you know, Argyle now, you know, from when James Brent arrived, they're much, be- much, much better financially. That's obvious. They've got um, a-, a good chairman that looks as though he'll be able to take the club forward. They've just appointed a, a young, ambitious manager. So uh, I think, you know, James um, Brent deserves a, a lot of credit for that. He's, he's, he says he's still going to come along and, and watch games and we'll still see him there, And uh, but he won't be involved in in any of the, the, the day-to-day decisions like he has been for the last eight years. Worth adding as well, the things off the pitch as well, you know, like the improvements to training grounds and things like that. Yeah, know, where... sometimes that goes goes unnoticed, you know, that the, the other infrastructure that goes into football clubs, you know, extra staff, you know, when, when Derek Adams arrived, you know, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff was pretty... Uh, was pretty low and basic. So again, I think the club is a lot more professional than it was. It's, you know, it should be in a good position to go forward now. I mean, there's no guarantees in football, but everything looks as though with the grandstand, you know, coming along, it, it should be in a position to, to go forward. Yes, there's been a massive setback to get relegated. You can't pretend otherwise that that isn't a massive setback, but, you know, it gives Argyle the opportunity to, to start afresh and try and move forward. So, um, yeah, like I say, I think, you know, a, 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 when people look back in years to come and they look back at what James Brent uh, achieved as Argyle chairman and owner, I think they'll, the vast, vast majority will say it was for the good. Was it perfect? Was he always perfect? No. Did never is, though, is it? Some of the redevelopment plans for Home Park that never really got off the ground, 
you know that that you know wasn't quite how everyone would have liked it to. But we have got to a stage where, you know, Argyle have, have got a grandstand. Is it the greatest grandstand that's ever been built? No, but it, it's going to serve the purpose. And I I genuinely do think that when it's finished, I think most people will be impressed with it from the behind the scenes tours and from talking to people at the club. I think it will be good. I think it really will be. So. And he appeared on this podcast a few times and always happy yeah. to take, you know, we offer the chance for people to have a look at the questions and he never once, I think, turned any question down. He was no. happy to answer any question and you've got to give some credit for that, I think, because he, he, he was quite honest in when he came on the podcast and I think there's a lot of possibly chairman out there that might not be, so he was always great to us when he came in as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we wish him all the best for the future. Right, chaps, that's all we have time for this week. A big thanks to Chris and Jack for joining me on the show. We'll be back with more of the same next week. Until then, bye-bye and thanks for listening. We are always happy to hear from you and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at HeraldPAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.